Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Gijsbrecht Brouwer, food retail expert and trend watcher at Right Guys. In this episode, we talk about last mile delivery in food retail. We discuss how food delivery has evolved and how convenience has completely changed how we shop for groceries. And we talk about the latest developments in the on-demand delivery market. And Gijsbrecht shares his thoughts on the future of delivery. Please enjoy my conversation with Gijsbrecht Brouwer. Hi Gijsbrecht, welcome to the show. Hi Martijn, thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, so the the first question I always ask uh, guests of uh, does logistics matter is, does logistics matter? I think it does, especially in the in the industry where I'm uh, working in, which is the food industry. Yeah, so um, normally I have uh, people that are guests in my podcast that have a logistics background. That they work in logistics. Um, they have uh, products related to logistics, um, and you, uh, in that sense, have no relation to uh, logistics. Can you explain uh, what you do? Well, that's true in a way um, because I'm 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 not. Um, usually in uh, into logistics, but in a way, all food needs to go from somewhere where it's you know where it's grown, or where it's uh, in a uh, in a factory, to warehouses, to supermarkets, to the home of people. Yeah, and then into the mouth, or to a restaurant, and then into the mouth. Yeah. So this whole pro- this whole process is is a logistical process, and I work in the world of food, food drinks, and hospitality. I usually say. And I have a website on where to eat out in three cities in, in the Netherlands, in mm-hmm. Rotterdam, Amsterdam, and Utrecht. We write stories about where it's fun to go to, where the food tastes good, where the best drinks are. And we are visited by a lot of people in our cities. We, we are one of the main resources for going out, for eating out in, in the cities where we're active. Yeah, I'm one of them. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that what we do it for. And um, besides that, and, and, and uh, I call myself a food trend watcher, and that means I publish, uh, publicize a lot about food. I write books, I do podcasts, um, media call me, you know, from, from Dutch media to international media, trade media. They call me, you know, when they have something and they need a perspective on that. Yeah. And, uh, and I do uh, public speaking. And what I like, probably like the most, is I do trend tours. So I take people who are interested into food, mostly uh, professional people into food, and I take them in one of the cities, mostly Rotterdam, it can also be other cities, Mm -hmm. and I show them the developments of the world of food, drinks, and hospitality real life. So literally, we go into a restaurant or we go into a supermarket, or I show them a dark store, and we try something, or we talk to an entrepreneur, or we... Yeah, so you really experience the change that's uh, happening in the world. Cool. I mean, I, I like doing podcasts, but I can imagine that that's uh, that that's even better because you're you're in the, you're not talking about it. You're actually in that world. Yeah, you're experiencing it and you're tasting it, which is also really important when you talk about yeah, food. food. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also very um, it's it's good to be together with, even if it's a small group. You know, if it's ten people or five people, it's also very inspiring. You learn from each other. 
Yeah. So, and, and this is the reason that I um, uh, asked you at, uh, to be a guest in the, in uh, in the podcast because of the trend watching that you do. And I I, uh, I saw your the remarks that you I think it was well it was either on LinkedIn or on Twitter and on both you are very active. Uh, and I um, I read some comments of you uh, about food delivery uh, and about um, uh, the the on demand delivery of groceries. Uh, and I thought, yeah. Now, now this is this can be interesting to have somebody who uh, really knows the the food industry give their perspective on um, on a logistics uh, problem. So, um, can you share your perspective of, uh, of 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 food delivery uh, with the listeners? It's, it's a very um, broad perspective. Yeah. You know? Like I said, the whole logistic chain starts on the on the open fields. Or in the greenhouses, and and and, and ends on the plate of uh, of the of the consumer. Yeah, and uh, between that, there's many different hubs. And lately, and I think that's 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 interesting to focus on. Lately, the last mile, the last yeah. hub to home has been changing quite a bit, and especially the in in the well, I'm almost say ancient times, in the pre-delivery times, mm -hmm. the consumer would go to the supermarket or would go to the restaurant. Yeah. So the last part of the of the delivery or of the logistic process was in the hand of the consumer itself. Yeah. So he had to leave or she had to leave his or her house, go out to a supermarket, go out to a restaurant, eat there or buy the groceries and go home, take the groceries home. Yeah. And because of delivery, which sort of last 10 years came up, the, the consumer can stay home, can literally stay home and order food at home or order groceries at home. And food at home is basically the same for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Even before then you had to call, you know, yeah. you called the pizzeria. Yeah, you called the pizzeria, yeah. yeah. You called the Chinese restaurant. You said, okay, do me two casones. And they would bring it on a on a moped or on a, yep. or on a or with a car. But uh, recently it's usually by apps and by platforms, as such as GrubApp, uh, uh, which is owned by Just Eat Takeaway, DoorDash, Deliveroo, yep. Uber Eats, yep. and you order it, and with usually within 30 to 60 minutes, you get actually m most of the time quite good food at home. Of course, you can you yep, can order fast food at McDonald's, but you can also order sushi or or sandwiches or so. The there is a very broad choice in food that that gets delivered home, and um, just the takeaway, which is this is the number two player in the world was founded here in Holland 20 years ago, started with being just sort of an online uh, um, uh, telephone book for finding the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the finding the restaurants and easy to, to order them. And now all of them have their, either they have their own riders, they employ their own riders who do the last mile delivery, mm -hmm. or they have a sort of gig economy riders that get cold, get sort of, you know, get sort of, um, brought together, smartly together, and in, in a platform way. So three-way platform, riders, restaurants, and consumers. Yeah. That's the, I always call that ready to eat. So you can, when it's at home, you open up the, the bag. Yeah. And you can uh, eat warm soup. You can or either have cold ice cream or you have yeah. a milkshake that's still sort of fluffy. You know, mm -hmm, it, it, mm -hmm. it's all ready to eat. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's big players in this world. You know, I, I just mentioned some of them. On the other hand, you have the groceries. The groceries, we go to a supermarket, right? Yeah. And that can be discounted like Aldi, Lidl, 
where still some of the boxes might be, mm -hmm. eh? especially in the old days. It's also quite nice uh, supermarkets now. Or or you go to uh, Albert Heijn or Jumbo in the Netherlands or Edeka in 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 Germany, yeah. Carrefour in France, Tesco in UK, yeah. uh, Safeway in California. You know, there's there's the, the, there's there's many many supermarkets. Yeah. You go there, you you take your your basket or your cart, and you load your cart and you go back. Some of them say, okay, all these heavy stuff, you know, all the the bottles, drinks, all the the diapers, all the all the, everything is heavy. Maybe I order that online. So that's already happening for about twenty years. Yes. And usually you would pick one day in a week or one slot in a week, and then all these sort of stock items that you don't yeah. they're not uh, too fresh and that actually get into the cupboard uh, that that came once a week yeah and the last say five five to six years the uh, the window when the food actually got delivered home when the groceries got delivered home has gotten smaller so from once a week to maybe the next second day or the next third day to the next day to same day delivery, you know, I think we all remember that was something huge. You know, we have same day delivery or ordered before 12 o'clock. I order for midnight, first thing in the morning at your doorstep. You yeah. know, that's a still for a lot of technology. That is the that is the promise they do. Yeah. Well, these now we are in the time in the in the age of quick commerce or fast delivery or even ultra fast delivery, and they promise to bring it within. 10 minutes. Yes, well, I, I read the term in instant delivery. Instant delivery, quick yeah. commerce. There's, there's In Dutch, yeah. we say flitsbezorging, which means something like flash delivery. Yeah, flash delivery, which is also an excellent term. And uh, and the first time you do this, it feels like magic. You know, <laughs> it is. I, I had to try it's it. True. So about one and a half year ago here in Rotterdam, uh, Gorillas entered the market. Now we have four in Rotterdam, four in Amsterdam, and most big cities in Europe. A four, even in New York, there's seven now. In yeah. China, there's even more. Yeah, um, that's crazy. But four is still a lot. And you order on the app, and maybe for 10 euros or 15 euros, and literally within 10 minutes, they are here. Yeah. And uh, it's usually, it's, it takes longer to put down your phone and you, know, you can't even go to the, to the bathroom because <laughs> they'll be at the door yeah. and your food or your drinks are there. Yeah. Um, what you see now is that it's, sort of shying away from the 10 minutes because that's that's too fast actually so it's 15 to 20 minutes now and most of the time it's there's a sort of a use case in, in the first instance was i forgot something yeah or it's late at night and i got a friend over and you're not about a wine yes you know, but especially the younger audience that is students etc they they order everything already there. You know, they they skip going to the to they're the so used to convenience. Yeah. They have, I, yeah. I think, they have subscriptions for everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, in the letters we have the swap feeds. Yeah, uh, that you have a, a bike that you get delivered to your house, and if you have a flat tire, they will come and fix it. Yeah. So you have a subscription on your bike. So there and there and there's tons of that. So they're really, really, really focused on convenience. Yeah, yeah. and the and the getting um, there's a lot of pressure or conceived pressure and we had time is valuable we need to get the most out of yeah. our times we want to be with our family or we want to work hard so and then not going 10 minutes out to the to the grocery store or to the convenience store 
and going 10 minutes back saves you about half an hour. Well, mm -hmm. you can study, you can watch Netflix, you can do something with your friends. You know, there's all these, you can work. So it's 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 sort of broad as an extra to your life, a sort yeah. of add-on to your life. And uh, here in Holland, we have four, uh, Zep, uh, Getir, Gorillas, and Flink. Mm -hmm. uh, Gorillas and Flink are both German. Getir is the, Turkish. is the OG, the original player from Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zep is UK-based. And yep. throughout Europe, you see a little bit different ones. Gopuff just came over to UK from um, from the US. The US yeah. um, and in US, you have different ones. Um, Joker is was focusing uh, on New York and a bit more on the on the on the South America. In the US, there's actually one that's called Bauk. Yeah, boy, Boik. Yeah, boik. yeah, Boik. Yeah. But which is uh, as as Dutch people know it as Bauk. Yes, but they had to quit because they yeah. were Russian funded, and uh, yeah, I, I read it. it. Yeah, it was one moment; it was all, all was gone. There were actually two in New York that had to quit because of uh, they were Russian funded. Oh, okay, well, you know, uh, the, the reason why I bring it up is because obviously, uh, you know, the 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 Bauk, uh, being your website, <laughs> I found that a it was a, a, a nice link. Every time in uh, in when I see something with uh, Bauk, which translates as belly, you know, belly, we we, yeah. we write about everything that goes to our belly. Yeah. Um, every time I see it in Holland, I'm always interested because it's usually something completely different from what we do. But if I see it abroad, you know, especially if it sounds Dutch, I am, I'm, 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 I'm wide awake right away. Like, yeah. who is coming up with such a name, right? Yeah, and uh, um, and it's really and you're 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 uh, talking about groceries, and it's it's a lot of the times it's about food. You're talking about wine, or, or oh, we don't have anything for desserts. Where are the chocolates with my coffee? Um, but it's also a lot of um, uh, non-food items as well that uh, that you can get uh, delivered within ten minutes. I mean, I can imagine if you have a splitting headache, then it's pretty nice if uh, somebody can uh, you know th that you can have an aspirin within ten minutes. What do you think of condoms? There's mm. always a need for that suddenly. Definitely. Um, yeah. Flowers do really well. But yeah, usually it's the other way around, right? Yeah. First, you, first you need the flowers, <laughs> and then you need the condoms. But yeah, you're right. No, but you're you're absolutely right. Diapers actually do do really well. Yeah. Um, chocolate is is the number one seller in almost all the apps. Uh, the biggest seller in uh, in in Holland is Tony Chocolate Only. Hmm. They they are, none of the apps can do without them. You know, um, but also there's a lot of non, a lot of non food. Also a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Um, in Holland, we used to have the beer courier, you know, the beer courier. Yeah, definitely. Uh, was all, in, I all, think it was already in the 90s. True. And it was usually most used by students. By students. Know? I, I know. I used it. Yeah. <laughs> and still a lot. That's why the uptake from the from these services is so almost instantaneously is because they help out. Yeah. They, they solve a real problem. Yeah. You know, we are out of beer. We want new. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it, here in the uh, well, here in the Netherlands, or actually, I should say, uh, in Europe, um, you know, we 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 first had the the food delivery, and and then we had the the fast grocery delivery. Um, but that that's not how the rest from, of the world treats this, right? No, it's the um, if you look at the the. the um, Let's say the advent of of of, of quick commerce. Mm -hmm. For us, um, we had the the food platforms first. You know, like in in Holland, thuisbezorgd, which is just the takeaway, just eat, yeah. um, and then uh, Deliveroo and Uber Eats. 
Um, and in most of Europe, it was the same way. So we were used to maybe calling and after that using the website. And yeah. after that, we used the apps, you know. Mm -hmm. And in terms of grocery, we were used to using, um, um, first of all, uh, Albert Heijn or Jumbo, like the, the, the supermarkets, mm -hmm. which do, they have a very small percentage of the market. You know, the online grocery shopping in Europe is quite low. Yeah. Um, and after that came, for example, the specialized players like Crisp and Picnic and the meal yeah. kits, you know, who are yeah. somewhere in the middle, you know, you get a, yeah. not an instant meal, but everything is already shopped for a meal put together in a box. Yeah. And then came the, the, the quick commerce, the Q-commerce, like the, the Gorillas, the Gettiers, mm -hmm. the Gopas. I always call them the 3G. Um, nice. If you look at... Indonesia or China or at India or at the Middle East, like uh, the, the Gulf states, they have already from, for a long time the possibility just to, to call a rider. So you don't call a grocery, you call a rider. And the mm -hmm. rider comes to you with the thing you need. And they go to the shop, they shop for you and bring what you need. Yeah. On a, on a, on a moped or on by car or... Mostly one of those two. Yeah. Why? Because the uh, labor is so much cheaper in these countries. Yeah. So for us, we have a, a minimum um, wage. And also in U in US, you have, even though it's a bit lower than with us, <laughs> yeah. they still have a minimum wage. But in a lot of these countries, there's no minimum wage. So people are willing to work for very little and to, to do all these chores, all these gigs. And if you do a lot on a day, you actually have, you, you, can, you can live off it. Yeah. Um, and so in the last, say, five to ten years, apps came into into being and you could use an app, um, Karim, for example, in the in the in the Gulf state, mm -hmm. Gulf states or Grab in, in Indonesia. Yeah. And they literally they organize everything for you. And now they starting to go into the the they call it vertical model because Gettier from Turkey was the worst, first one that said, we're going to own the warehouses. We're going to own the groceries at a, at a place where we actually know where everything is. Yeah. We're going to limit the number of SKUs. So you cannot choose anything from everywhere. Now there's just 2000 SKUs. You can, you can get some shampoo, you can get some condoms, you can get some food, you can get some wine, some beer, and that's it. Yes. And because if you control the whole vertical, at least from, from the warehouse and the riders to the home, then you can offer the promise of 10, 15 minutes. So that's about six, seven, six, seven years ago, this happened in Turkey. And just before the pandemic, the first uh, startups start doing this in Europe as well, Flink and, and Gorillas, and they, they were sort of... Yeah, and there's another important difference. Um, if you look at the, um, uh, the model, as you told, as they, as they followed it in India and Indonesia, the uh, you call a rider and the rider doesn't own anything so he goes into the store and uh, the margin on the products uh, you know is for the owner of the supermarket and um, uh, that's also one of the reasons i think that companies like getter uh, decided uh, to uh, to buy uh, all the all the groceries that they are selling themselves because they make money so they don't they make a little money on the delivery but they make uh, uh, a substantial uh, larger amount, I think, on the products that they're selling. Or, or do, you, or is that close? Yeah, that's there, there's two parts of it because you're right about the first part. 
they called it in, in, in investor terms, an asset light model. Yes. You know, you don't yeah, yeah, need yeah. real estate. You don't need uh, groceries in stock. You know, you just need to find a rider, which is usually not even on your pay list. Yeah. And you need to match the, the, the supply and demand. Mm -hmm. If you do it in the getter, let's call it the getter model, the mm -hmm. quick commerce model, you need a warehouse, you need people on your payroll, you need to have the groceries and you need to have lots of groceries. Yep. The point is, usually margins on groceries, especially in supermarkets, are razor thin. So if you go, yeah, in, in, in your, especially in Europe, but also in US, um, and even in the, in, the, in the Far East, you don't, you start making money if you sell a lot. Yeah. And I, I actually was thinking along the same lines as you were, like, okay, let's start, for example, private label as, as uh, Gorillas has done, or use the, the Jumbo private label, you know, the supermarkets yeah. private yeah. label. But th so then your margin goes up just a little bit, but still, if you, and, and they're getting bigger, but the, uh, the revenues of, for example, Flink in Europe now are, they say 500 million euros. Yeah. That sounds like a lot, right? But if you know that the French Carrefour group does uh, almost 100 billion Bill, yeah, that's, euros. Yeah, that's an insane uh, difference. Yeah. So if, if you're going to sell your stuff to, uh, to uh, to Albert Heijn, Aho de Hesse, or to Edeka in, in, in Germany or Tesco in, in UK, then you they can do much better prices. Yeah, yeah, so that, the, that's true. So the margin play, you can, but you can maybe sell it for more money. Yeah. So you can get the margin a bit more in, in terms of price. You know, there's it's, it's more difficult to shop, but on the other hand, at this point, you have four apps on your, I, I have done this, you know, with the same with the Tony Chocolone, you know, I, I, I check all four apps, which one is cheapest, cheapest yeah. which one has the lowest uh, delivery fee, and then you order it there, right? I guess they do that everywhere in the world, but you know, as we are known for it, you, you know, uh, we're Dutch. Yeah, so exactly. That's exactly, what we do. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, uh, my nephew, who is 15 years old, he's, he uses Getir and, and the other ones quite a lot, and he doesn't have much money, but he always knows to find a new uh, coupon which he gets 15 euros off. So he yeah. offers some, he buys something for 16 euros or for 15.50 and he gets 15 euros off and he has all the food for free. Yeah. 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 I read a story about a guy in New York uh, who uh, I think he, it was three or four months uh, and that he spent doing uh, most of his groceries without paying anything just because all these new services are, were, were just throwing around coupons, coupons left and right. Um, so there's another um, uh, interesting development, and you uh, mentioned that as well, and that is that uh, some of the uh, major uh, players, like, uh, the, the, like the supermarkets, are trying to get in the game as well. Um, uh, you mentioned Jumbo, which is a large Dutch retailer. Um, they are uh, they have partnered with uh, uh, Gorillas, so you can uh, um, the branded the Jumbo branded. What the I forgot the word. What's the word? Private label. Thank you. So the the private label items from uh, Jumbo, you can you can get them at uh, at the at Gorilla at Gorillas. Um, but but um, there's a. There's an interest from other uh, retail chains as well to uh, get closer to the consumer, uh, even closer in terms of time and being more instant. Yes, I think if you look at the 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 birth of these of these services, you know there was one that worked. They got a lot of venture capital. Yeah, and especially two three years ago, and especially before the pandemic, there was a lot of money. Money was always free. 
especially yeah. from from SoftBank and 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 from funds in from for example Saudi Arabia. All the money was, and they were looking for places where to put this money. And this yeah. looked like a, a perfectly reasonable place to put your money in because what I was I was explaining from three days to two days, one days, yeah. same day, hour, you know, fifteen minutes. This is a this is a logical r- route to go. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of venture capital money and it's like like billions and billions all over the world. Yeah. And these supermarkets, they ha- they know how difficult this game is, right? Yes. And they've been doing trying to do delivery for 20 years. Yeah. And in these 20 years, they've never made money out of delivery. They do it because they don't want to lose their consumers, <laughs> their customers yeah. to um to, to the, the on- com- to the online players yeah, like, like Picnic. Yeah, and to yeah. the competitors. So uh, the 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 the, the they are, they just do it as sort of extra service, and they're just still trying to find out, make it work with these slots one times per week, right? Mm-hmm. And now there's somebody coming saying, "Okay, I'll do it whenever you want it, within 15 minutes." And so they were at first they were, no, "We're not going to do this," but then they were going to say, "Okay, but they and all the big cities, all the Gen Z, you know, the the, the, mm-hmm. the 20, 30 year olds, they're doing this, and we don't want to lose them." So now we're sort of in a in a in a time. Where the the supermarkets just buy a share in the in the, for example in the in the Flink uh, Rewe, which is a big uh, German company, yeah, bought into into Flink, and Jumbo, uh, 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 like you said, bought into Gorillas, yeah, um, and so there's more of the of the traditional grocers supermarkets that actually buy into these uh, into these. Yeah, apps and these new quick commerce uh, grocers. Ah, but so, but you're saying that that's more because they uh, don't want to. Uh, yeah, they want to. They want to stay in the game. It's not because they see money. They just don't want to lose the customer. It's a uh, f- as, as long as I'm uh, from my point of view, it's a defensive move. Yeah. Okay. And um, maybe it's going to change, but they have uh, in Dutch we say a finger in the pub, right? You, you, yeah. you're, you're close. You you can talk. You you have a place on the board. You see what's happening. Maybe you see some of the numbers. You know, so you're you're, you're involved. You're not yeah. you're not on the outside. Yeah, yeah. And if something really takes off, uh, you're one of the first on board. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. that definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess you know, especially from a consumer side, um, there's a, there's almost only upside. Um, but there's definitely also uh, downsides to this whole uh, quick commerce um, uh, development. Um, I, I, I mean, the, take the larger cities in uh, the Netherlands, uh, Amsterdam, uh, Rotterdam. Um, there's a, first they said uh, no to more dark stores. And now they're even closing existing uh, dark stores. Um, because they don't want them in the areas uh, where they are, which are usually in, uh, well, they have to be in residential areas because you have to, if you have to be there in 10 minutes, you have to be close. Um, so uh, what, what, are the, what are the other downsides to, uh, to this instant delivery trend? So maybe to, to, to take a step back, what are dark stores? You know, I'll take an example from, from Rotterdam. There's, there's this... This uh, street, maybe a secondary uh, shopping street with some bars, with a shoe store, with an art supply store, with some restaurants. Not too many yeah. people going through it. One of the um, one of the uh, shops is empty already for a year or, or an yeah. half year. And a dark store gets in. A dark store is just a small warehouse. Yeah. 
there there's all the shelving and there's just very efficiently all the products are 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 located there so if you if you uh, and there's order pickers there's order pickers running in as soon as an uh, as an as an order comes yeah, in yeah and there's all these riders in front of the door waiting for their order to come and racing out as yeah. soon as they get the order to bring it within 10 minutes yeah so what happens in the morning at four or five o'clock there's a, a big truck there's coming truck. yeah delivering all the all the, uh, the the grocery for the one dark store from the big you know the big logistic mm -hmm. center and uh emptying you know all the all the collies making ding, 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 ding. yeah okay, yeah okay, beep, okay, beep, yeah, beep. Yeah. Tr truck backing up yeah, and yeah. all sorts of, yeah and the rest of the day as soon as the first uh, orders come in there's 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 uh, guys and girls on e-bikes racing out of the street all the time yeah and before that waiting or talking to each other loitering around um maybe smoking a bit or drinking something yeah this changes the dynamic in the streets completely yeah so this is a, a this is sort of city planning issue yeah. but then there's the, the the kids mostly kids or young people like 20 30 mostly even some of them are dutch or or german or uk but most of them are from other parts of the world they study here or they actually come here to earn money this yeah, way to earn money in, in, in the gig type uh, in the economy the gig type jobs exactly and they have to be somewhere in 10 minutes and they ride on e-bikes that go 25 kilometers per hour. Yeah. And officially they should stop for a red light. And usually they do, but sometimes they don't. Yeah, well, it takes two minutes. It can take one or two minutes. Exactly. And uh, exactly. if you have a 10-minute delivery window, then yeah. two minutes is a lot. It's it's almost everything. It's yeah. like it's your complete margin. So they they overtake people. So there's there's traffic problems. There is um, city planning problems, like in the streets, in, in the neighborhood. And there's a lot of labor problem yeah. because the wages, the, the 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 wages are not organized all that well. They, they are not uh, uh, well is, uh, insured. So when they fall yeah. off their bike, they and they break their leg. Who's paying for the for the for the hospital when they're coming from Greece or from Pakistan? Yeah, or from and what happens of uh, income wise because they can no longer ride the bike, so they don't earn money. Exactly. Yeah. So, and they cannot pay for their rent, and they cannot pay for their hospital. Yep. And there's some really bad examples already of this in uh, in the Netherlands and and also abroad. Yep. So there's there's on, at least on three points there's 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 some some yeah some negative uh, aspects as well. And the fourth one is a bit broader culturally wise. And that's people that saying okay, but if you go to a shop. You actually meet people. Yes, you know, you talk to the to the cashier. You uh, you meet people in the aisle. You on the way to the shop, you see a, a bar. Maybe you stop by for a bar. You do a drink, or yeah. you buy flowers, or you meet somebody you know on the street. All this doesn't happen when you stay in your home. And there's a person you actually don't know, and it's everyday different person. Yeah, and they just maybe you tip them, maybe you don't. You just hand over the the bag. So there's there's cultural issues yeah but they're society. not going to talk to you because they need to get back because they exactly. probably they, they probably get get paid if they do six deliveries in an hour six times well no that's four, not four four yeah four, four, because, four is the sort of holy grail yeah, yeah because it's it's 10 minutes yeah so and if you are 10 minutes out yeah. you need to have 10 minutes to get back so then it's th it's three yeah and uh yeah so they uh, they say that now it's two usually the, the big ones who do they want to go to three and they say four is possible but then you have to pile the you have to take two 
on one you, ride. You have to do on one, one ride or you need to, uh, you, you should uh, divide it between your riders in a fair way. Yeah. Uh, because if one guy each gets the 10 minute yeah. uh, ride every time, he yeah. can only do f uh, three. Yeah. And if the other guy gets the two minute ride, yeah. he can right. do way more. Right, so, right. That's yeah. it. So all these aspects, and, and for me, it's obvious that there's going to be a lot of regulation. Yeah. And uh, um, to put it uh, in perspective, Facebook exists almost 20 years, 18 years, yeah. and is starting to be regulated now. Airbnb exists about 10 years, is starting to be regulated now. And uh, these uh, services exist two years and start to be regulated now. Yeah, so government, there is governments are learning uh, not to wait so long uh, because things can get quite out of hand if you don't regulate. And and people in the neighborhood as well. You know, the civilians, the first thing they did here, the example I used mm -hmm. in, in Rotterdam, write to the paper, write to the media, say, we don't want this in our street. Yeah. So both the, the, the inhabitants from a city, from a community, and the, the, the community itself, and I think even on, on national, if you look to the US on state level, or even on, on, on European level, mm -hmm. this will be soon regulated. In Holland, the four, uh, the four uh, companies already have, a, have their own regulations, sort of yeah. they, they, they convenant, you know, they, they said we're going to do things differently from now on, and I think there will be regulation. So, uh, and for me, this is obvious. You know, yeah. This is not... It's not going to go on like this without regulation. And now it's full pull on the brake. And now they're going to make some new um, rules and new laws. Yeah. and new permits. I well, think that's it, the most it, important one. It's it forcing some of these companies to actually uh, uh, show um, what what can be in uh, in the future uh, for for these companies. Because uh, I know there's uh, there's a, I forgot which one. I think get it was here. get here in Rotterdam. Who? Uh, well, it's literally a, uh, often it, those are black stores because they just they just tape over the the windows with plastic and it just looks terrible. But what they have done is they've um, their logo was big on the window. Now it's small, and in the bottom, uh, they um, um, uh, put a wall up. I think it's, uh, it was probably half a meter into the warehouse. So they gave up valuable storage space, which is actually important for these because every square meter means more product that you can store. They gave away valuable storage space, put up a wall, and actually, together with an art gallery in the same street, they uh, hung art there. So uh, it at least it no longer looks ugly, and they're they're trying to uh, they're they're placing the bikes inside. They're trying to work more, and this is maybe not this uh, this spot, but on other spots they try to work from the back of the store instead of the front of the store where you know the public is is shopping. So we're already seeing these companies really trying to show their positive side. Um, yeah, well, to to influence, uh, or actually to to be allowed to stay. Yeah, very, very much so. And I think the the impact because there's lots of money, right? They have they have this this investor money, this this venture fund money, so they can they sh they and marketing is is besides people and real estate is marketing is their most expensive yeah. uh, part. So if you you can put all these all these big posters and all these commercials on the trams and on the ferries and on the and in yeah, the billboards everywhere but if in the paper every day it's about how bad you are yep. then so they have to change the public's perspective what i find interesting is if you look at the the the, the, the hot meal delivery mm -hmm. so the food delivery um the, uh, the last two three years there's been a lot of ghost kitchens which are also called 
dark kitchens. Oh, Basically, yeah. they're the same thing as a dark store, but instead of having all these products on shelves, they're small kitchens, like industrial, industrial kitchens, mm -hmm. and they cook six or eight different types of food. So you can order sushi, pizza, Korean, Chinese, um, burgers, vegan, and spaghetti all from the same place. And okay. they were all closed off as well. And all these, not all these, but most of the new ones now open up at the front as well. So they say we're an, we're no longer a ghost kitchen. We're a neighborhood kitchen open for takeout. So take you can outs, come yeah. over. You Maybe there's a few chairs. You can even sit down and then, and the rest is for delivery. Yeah. And, and I think for dark stores, this is the same way to go. You know, you cannot be closed off unless you're in a place in a, Maybe there are places in the in the in the city where you don't cause any inconvenience, yeah. and it's okay, of course. If you're yeah. in a in a small industrial area which is still centrally located, yeah, why yeah, not? Why you not? know, yeah, that's that's no problem. But otherwise, you have to interact with the neighborhood, offer something in return for the for the little inconvenience you might cause, and. Uh, they have to do it uh, by themselves or they will be regulated to do this. Yeah. Well, which I guess will, will be a challenge because they need, uh, well, they, you call it real estate. They need real estate, you know. They need the square, the square meters uh, on the one hand to uh, put their, uh, their stock uh, and on the other hand, if they want to open up, to uh, accept customers in. And you don't want uh, people picking goods and customers moving around in the same area because... Uh, so um, I, I see it as... A, uh, I see your point, uh, but uh, it, it definitely will be a challenge for them. No, this this is... It, it's it's not over yet, you know? So the... Um if, if I look... If I look at how it might pan out, you know? Yeah. I think this... This um, service is something that people or at least some people are willing to pay for. Yeah. Some people will say, I don't know. You know, if I, where I live in Rotterdam, within five minute walk, I have four different supermarkets, all different. One discounter, one all day supermarket and two say normal premium supermarkets, yeah, yeah. right? So for me, I'm not using it so much. You know, I like the, the broader selection in the supermarket. Yeah. But for some people, we already discussed the, the, the younger generations, maybe people that are squeezed for time, people that actually value. And in the future, they're going to pay more. It's yeah. not going to be as cheap as now uh -huh. because the venture fund is going to dry out. The P&L of these companies has to be, you know, it has to be, they have to make money. They have to make money, yeah. Either they're going to go and do an IPO or they have to make money for the in, the current investors. So the it's it's going to dry out all the all the marketing costs, all the acquisition costs, all the all the the coupons, all the cheap, it's going to dry out. Yeah. So we, it makes it more expensive. If you if you taken an Uber recently? No, actually. Well, the the ride from uh what you paid like 15 or 20 euros ago a year ago you will pay 45, 50 euros for now. And it's the same in, in Rotterdam as it is in New York, as it is in other places in the world. It, because the venture money is out, you know? Yeah. Uber is, 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 on the, is on the stock exchange, so they have to make money now. So this is the first thing. So because it's going to be more expensive, it's going to be more premium. So it's not for everybody. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, well, that's more of a broader political discussion. Do we <laughs> like capitalism? Yeah. Um, but in a way, it's going to be more of a... So I think it will be more differentiated as well. So maybe you can, if you want it really fast, 
you pay more. If you want it within an hour, you pay a bit less. And if they can decide when to bring it to you, you pay even more, even less. Even less, less yeah. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, well, even, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. And um, uh, um, besides the regulation and, and the differentiation in, in price, probably, I think the, the, the consolidation will be really important. There's four now. There's going to be two, maybe yeah. two min, um, more or less the same ones and one that's really premium or really focused on something else, you know, completely vegan or completely high-end yeah. or, you know, premium like Crispis for, for the, the online uh, supermarkets mm -hmm. in, the, in the Netherlands. So, and I think what's also going to happen is that the, the, it's going to be not so much product focus, you know, like we said, we need diapers or we need something for a headache or whatever mm -hmm. it's going to be more solution focused or moment focused yeah maybe even more experience focused so okay i know martijn and dimitri are coming to my home tonight i forgot to shop there's just one i click one button almost like i get drinks i get food yeah so i get beer, some the, the beer with friends button and exactly you get, you get potato and chips and you get some some nuts and the beer and maybe even a nice playlist you yeah. know like a full solution <laughs> yeah. for for uh for a night out yeah so that's 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 one and in the end i think it's not going to be the, the interesting is that the owner of delivery hero which is one of the bigger ones they have uh, uh, they had fudora in the netherlands mm -hmm. uh, but they have they they're, they're after just take away one of the biggest in the world uh, doing the usual uh, the, the food delivery but they also have dmart in germany which is mm -hmm. basically the same thing as uh, as uh, quick, uh, also quick commerce yeah. he said it's going to be 25% of the market of the grocery delivery market and I'm not so sure. It's I think that's the highest. Yeah. Gettier says it's one in four now in UK. The Flink uh, director for the Netherlands says one in three persons orders in Amsterdam now, orders or has ordered, yeah. But once ordering yeah, is different, order. like being a third of the market share, right? So I think if it's somewhere between 10, 20% of the grocery, online grocery, it's going to be a lot, you know? It's just for those special occasions and when you're actually willing to pay a premium price. Yeah. So probably from a logistics point of view, um, not, not that much will change because they will keep doing it in the same way. I guess one of the good things is that they uh, deliver it by bike. So at least, you know, the, the carbon footprint of the delivery itself yeah. is relatively True. low. Um, they're still delivering it by truck to the, <laughs> to the, to the, to the, to the micro warehouse. So, uh, so it, there, there is a carbon footprint. Um, you were, you were saying, well, I don't know if they, if they will keep doing it like this. Well, can we dream a little bit or be a bit geeky? Yeah, please. Uh, already, um, small robots, delivery robots. Uh, are are being uh, deployed in a lot of places in the world, mostly as tests. Mm -hmm. uh, there were some tests with drones, flying drones, already to deliver. Yep. Um, the the big problem, um, also from a societal standpoint, is that you have to find very cheap labor. Yes, and the sort of solution that also uh, Uber was also going to use driverless cars, remember? Mm -hmm. So somewhere in the future, there still hangs or might be uh, a technical uh, solution, basically small delivery robots or drones bringing the, ringing, doing the last mile. I think it's far away. It's not next year. It's not in... 
I know for a fact that some of the universities are, are piloting. Uh, yeah, here in Rotterdam, they're doing uh, doing a pilot. Yeah, exactly. In US, they are, and in, for example, in in countries where the distances are much bigger, uh, for example, Finland and Sweden, they're using the drones. So th- something is happening on that side, um, but that's still that's still is even smaller than already the small pie we're talking about. Uh, uh, Gijsbrecht, um, uh, thank you for your view of the future. Um, um, I think that's an excellent um, uh, wrap-up of, uh, of the story uh, for this episode. Uh, thank you for sharing your knowledge uh, and your, your specialty knowledge about the food market and about the food retail market. Um, very interesting and very uh, surprising to me uh, uh, on, on points. Um, so thank you very much for, for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me and I really enjoyed Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on www.logisticsmatter.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send an email to martijn at logisticsmatter.com. That's M-A-R-T-I-J-N at logisticsmatter.com. Or connect to me via LinkedIn and send me a message. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ragaman and produced by Michael Spengler.